0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast via Sports Ghana. I'm your host, Wayne Lude, joined every week in the offseason by Josh Hart to uh, answer Twitter questions. Josh, what's going
2: on? Oh, you know, well, it's not so much it's what it's been, uh, three hours since I last saw you. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> we were, and, uh, uh, out playing soccer, socially distant. I mean, so it's allowed now. Yeah. Thank you, uh, to healthcare workers, people getting vaccinated. You allowed me and Will to reunite on the pitch. Absolutely. Um, had a pretty good time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And, um, yeah, not to brag, but I did have the uh, two goals. Although we were playing like a weird version of the football where we were only – you couldn't score in the net. You had to hit the post. What's the only time? I? Yeah, we wanted it to a, play
2: five out. It's
1: because, pretty strange, you know, but, yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It worked okay. Yeah. Um, this segues in nicely into our first two questions, which I picked out. There's a variety of these, but we're recording this on June 13th, which is a special day in Raptors history. Maybe the most special day in Raptors history. And I maybe, I mean, definitely. Um, it's the two-year anniversary of when the Raptors won game six in Oakland, famously shutting down Oracle Arena 4-0 in Oracle that season, destroying that locker room on the way out. Man, that place was was nasty. First off, Oracle Arena smelled bad. I'm not even kidding. This is not even a slander. It just smelled bad. It's an old arena. Before the game, yeah, like you when walk guys around. smoked
2: in the locker room.
1: Yeah, I think you could still smell um, the dank um, sense from when uh, Don Nelson coached there for uh, like a decade or so. Shout out Don Nelson, man! That guy looks That guy lives right. But anyways, um, yeah, that place smelled bad anyway. But the way the Raptors left that place, woo, mm, unusable afterwards. So um, yeah. Anyway, so I have multiple questions here about the championship, which essentially are variations of the same thing. Which is, you know, this one comes from D three. I'm just gonna just choose this one. Yes, what are acceptable celebration activities for the two-year anniversary to rewatch game six plus the trophy ceremony to tweet hashtag we the north plus hashtag we the champs a few times? Where champ gear, what else? Um, I obviously the first three, definitely. Um especially rewatching the trophy ceremony. I think like for me, not to brag, but I was in the arena fighting my way down. Right, I got past security just fine. Okay, and I did not have the level of press access that Masai did. So take that for what you will. Um, but yeah, it was uh, surreal watching it. I couldn't even hear them to be honest. It was like so loud in the arena. But I don't know. Th- those are all acceptable yeah, ways, Josh. How are you supposed to I commemorate think gotta, this? I you
2: got like um, shove an officer of the law. Yes, um, <laughs> you gotta that, mush. You gotta mush uh, their face. You should, You gotta mush the face of a cop. Um, you should also. Uh, like go like show up in young Dundas square, like scream in somebody's face. That's an excellent way to celebrate. Uh, mm. If you can boo the premier of Ontario,
0: um,
2: that's something I would recommend find some place to boo Doug Ford. And uh, I don't know, to watch the Milwaukee bucks this afternoon, um, their season go up in smoke. Cause I don't think they wouldn't. I think those are all excellent ways to celebrate uh, the Toronto Raptors. Second anniversary as champs, still the reigning champions. You know, these injuries are piling up too quickly in the playoffs for me to consider this. Whoever wins a final this year is anything but, you know, massive asterisks. Donovan Mitchell going down, like, what the heck's going on?
1: Yeah, I, I hope he's late. okay,
2: man. I really hope he's okay because, yeah, wow. The Nuggets have zero guards. Like Devin, like, Devin Booker is like, it's a layup line for me. He's done whatever he wants. Like It's un- yeah. unbelievable. Um, But, yeah, the, the reigning and defending track, uh champions are still in the north it's it's nice to see
1: uh also an acceptable way to celebrate this would be to um you know have a nice cohiba a nice thick uh cohiba <laughs> freshly cut freshly imported from cuba it would be a nice way to but celebrate. only at
2: 5 a.m uh, in the bay area
1: yeah you know uh, in the yay area <laughs> but uh <laughs> uh yeah no uh, it's um yeah, funny story about that. So I, I told my boss, like, we had a we had a group chat um, at, at Yahoo. And before we left for game six, I packed it. I didn't pack it for any other part of the, the trip, but I, I, I had gone to Cuba and I had a box of whatever. He was. So then um, before game six, I, that was like the last thing I packed was this one singular cigar. Because I didn't want to take the whole thing. It was weird. It smells kind of bad, nice, yeah. to be honest, tobacco. So um, yeah, I packed this one singular cigar. I sent a message to the group chat being like, this is for after the game when we win the championship. And yeah, sick. sick time, man. Although, to be honest, smoking a whole cigar takes forever. And it's kind of nasty. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Also, as you just pointed out in say- the video, I was not smoking the cigar completely the right way. Let's just say that. <laughs> like, it wasn't like whatever. It, yeah, you're just not supposed to inhale the smoke, but whatever. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. I thought it was like a big cigarette. And it wasn't
2: the big cigarette. <laughs> No, it's not a, a what it, like, a Cigarello from a Shell gas station. Man, I can't believe it's been two years. I remember that night so well. I mean, yeah. it's one of the last things I did outside before the world went sideways. But I was at, like, Blorin Bay watching uh, with our friend Adam. And then I walked down Bay Street all the way to um, Dundas. Mm-hmm. And you just saw, like like, everybody. Like, you yeah. saw, you know. I remember seeing uh, Ram Riddles in uh, Nathan Phillips. Okay, <laughs> wow, what a local and, reference! Yeah, I saw like a lot of local rappers. I saw that night. Like I saw uh, Jigsaw and Top Five, like wow. on uh, like sitting hanging out the sunroof of some car. It was just like a really crazy night. So many mm. strangers like fighting or hugging each other. It was great. Yeah, what a night. Yeah. I know, it's I was too bad it. the Raptors couldn't do it in uh, in in five. No, okay, but first up, if, 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 biggest well, block of your career.
1: No, shout out to Draymond Green. Okay, I really this. <laughs> I mean, although he did have a really great finals, but whatever. Um, yeah. If they had won in Game Five, honestly, I think the, the arena would have burned down or something. Like it, it would have been <laughs> pandemonium, but even to a higher level. But it would have been really cool to get the players out in the streets. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Fred yeah. had leaders. Like like Fred would have been a guy who would have just come out of the arena. And walked in the crowd and like
2: probably got like carried by like basically uh, crowd surfing. I imagine like OG because OG he I imagine he would have been pretty well rested after the because he had had like some kind of minor surgery. He had an appendectomy.
0: Um,
2: yeah, but then he had been, I think that was before the playoffs, so he would have been. I think he would have been pretty rowdy um, that the night of. Mm. Yeah, surge Man, too. Surge had, surge would have been crazy.
1: One of the underrated things about the championship is we had, like, a, a cast of characters that were going to properly celebrate a championship. Like, first of all, everyone loved Kawhi, yeah. you know, whatever. But, yeah. um, but like, the way Fred leaned into it, the way Serge leaned into it, Mark, obviously, Danny, and Norm just being, like, absolutely lit for, like, a week straight. Danny and awesome. Harrison would have lit Toronto on fire that Oh, week. my goodness. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> No, we hit – I mean, look, listen. There's – I mean, don't – there's – yeah, at minimum, you gotta watch some of the highlights. At minimum, you gotta tweet yeah. your appreciation for I mean, first off, it was a really good team win in game six, man. You got Kyle yeah. starting it off. Kawhi was good through the middle. Pascal was good throughout. Um, Fred VanVleet obviously carried it in, in the fourth quarter. And um you, you know, it's just it's it was just like a perfect team. I don't know what else to say. Like it, it really is one of those teams that I know, like people are going to try to forget them because you know they're not like the um, not in America and like so much things, so many things in basketball are like really um, America focused. But um, unforgettable team, and I'm not just saying that as a Raptor yep. fan. I just think that like it was really well constructed, especially when you look back at some of the guys. And and again, you know, one way to celebrate would be to um, listen to the Game Six Championship episode where I talked to. Uh, is that well, people are really celebrating on the streets, huh? Yeah, people are honking.
2: They're celebrating in the street. I hope did Ukraine just score or something?
1: I don't know. Actually, I had to turn my streams off because uh, my internet was lagging. But uh, I hope so. Oh. To be honest, you're not pulling for the Netherlands in this match. Um, no. I mean, if they had Virgil Van Dijk <laughs> and you know, if yeah, if Genie was still with Liverpool, then probably I would cheer for them. But not really. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean. I'm Chinese. What do you want me to do with the Euros? Anyway, Um <laughs> the guys, the box score from this game, six win. Pascal Siakam, 46 minutes, 10 seconds played, right? 26 points, 10 rebounds, three My assists. My gosh. 10 of 17 shooting, hit three of six from three. And of course, the game-clinching layup. Kyle Lowry, 26 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists, three steals. 41 minutes played. Kawhi's 41 minutes played. 22.6 rebounds, three assists, two steals. Obviously a very quiet game for Kawhi standards. Um, but then Fred Van Vliet, 22 points off the bench in 35 minutes. Uh, and then Serge Ibaka as well, 15 points in 22 minutes. Just an incredible, incredible group that the Raptors had. And of course, you know, Mark and Danny and guys like that played some pretty important defense norm as well, but, um, just a great team win, man. And again, I got, I got to mention that the Raptors had four guys who, um, who, who, who had, uh, outscored Steph Curry in this game. So
2: what's crazy is we still haven't, we haven't seen Clay since. Like, it's kind of hard to. Match. I
1: know. That's the thing. All we see now is Clay on, like, you know, boats or like him on the broadcast, which is great. Clay is an amazing personality and I enjoy yeah. it. But I want to see him play basketball again, man. So.
2: Yeah, I really well do hope that he looks. Yeah. I cannot wait to, I can't wait to sort of proselytize Claytheism once again. Claytheism. It's pretty good.
1: Well, why it's- did that start? Is it because he kind of looks like Buddha?
2: <laughs> no in, in i think face? it's i think there i think it was during the there was like it was as the splash bros era came to an end and staff ascended i think there are a lot of people who are like oh straight like clay's for the heads like people who really mm. appreciate what like people don't appreciate clay mu- enough right. which is probably true um but he's He's an unbelievable player to watch. When he goes off, there's like nothing like being in the room in front of your TV when Clay starts to, to catch fire. And I can't wait to see him back on the court because it's been kind of sad to see um, the Warriors without him. And I think it's it's helped his legacy because now you see that the team has a real a much lower ceiling without him than they had with him.
1: This is true. Uh, speaking of guys you would like to see back on the court. So unfortunately, we got to lead out the show with some Pascal Siakam injury news. If you haven't heard already, Pascal underwent uh, shoulder surgery to repair a torn labrum um, in his left shoulder. So not a shooting shoulder, but still, um, it's, uh, it's an injury that can take some time to heal. Probably takes about five months. Um, and, you know, the injury occurred the last game that Pascal played. It was against Memphis. I remember this game. Uh, Brandon Clark was fighting through a screen that Pascal setting and knocked Pascal out he didn't obviously play the rest of that game Um, you know in retrospect you probably look back at it as like why was Pascal playing so much anyway although to be honest I think he was really catching a nice rhythm because the game right before that he had 44 points (laughs) against uh, Washington in a game where people famously were still upset with him because he missed some key free throws down the stretch which okay fine but 44 points is not bad um in any case though so yeah Pascal's gonna be out five months Uh, we'll see how much he's able to sort of develop his game or anything like that in the offseason clearly that's something that he's shown a history of doing but um this does raise some pretty serious questions let's start with more I guess the the less depressing one and go with sort of the positive angle this one from Rob Senta um with Pascal's injury and rehab timetable do you expect Chris Boucher to start at the four next season if not him who would you like to see there Josh, I'll start I hadn't with thought
2: about that. Yeah, he is going to start at four. That's great. I think it'd be really good for Chris Boucher. to log lots of minutes at the four. Nurse has talked about him being, that's where he sees um, Chris being most successful. And I think it'll be awesome to see Chris Boucher play with the starters mm-hmm. after starting power forward for the first months of the season. And then after that, shifting full-time to um, starting um, power forward. I think it's, I've, yeah, it's not like you have Norm... And I guess, assuming Kyle's there, I don't think Gary Trent would make as much sense to start as Pascal uh, as Chris Boucher. Well, because you can build with Boucher at the four in a way that you wouldn't with um, Gary Trent out of, like, playing, like, three. He would be playing um, small forward, and that he's, he isn't. That'd be, that'd be weird. I'd rather see Boucher grow in a position he ought to be playing in than seeing Gary Trent start out of position yep. um, for a month. But that's really, yeah, Rob, it's a great question. And and I think it'll be exciting to see because um, Chris not having to guard Sanders will be nice. Yeah. Um,
1: I was going to say, like, I think it it makes the most logical sense um, in terms of like how much are you going to disrupt the rest of the roster? The thing with the Gary Trent thing is it depends if Kyle's there or not. If Kyle's not there, Gary's going to be starting at two. Uh, Fred's going to be at one. Um, You know, I think I like the size combination between OG with Boucher at the four and Kem at the five. Um, I think that makes up for, you know, obviously Pascal brings a lot offensively. That's the part that you really can't replicate. But defensively, I I do think that like Boucher is not the same type of defender, but can bring a similar level of effectiveness. I think in terms of him covering a lot of ground defensively, the length to disrupt, uh, the ability to sort of pressure up on guys on the perimeter. I think, you know, Boucher can do a lot of those things uh, at a high level um you know doesn't do it all the time but i think now if he's given a starting role for a month i think that would really help him find his consistency and then you know i just think that offensively that's the biggest part where it's just like it's hard to replace that because you know pascal is he is a very important playmaker for the raptors and just a lot of, a lot of guys who create right um I think OG showed more creation. OG's going to have to handle more of that creation load, which, I mean, if it if it goes the way it did this season, which towards the end he got to play basically that number one offensive role once or twice, like, you know, he showed promise there, but we'll see if that can ha- happen consistently. In any case, OG's going to be asked to do that. Um, but there's just not a lot of passing. Like, Fred is going to be the guy playmaking. Yeah. Gary's not going to be a guy playmaking for others. OG can create some for himself. Not a bad passer, you know, but it's sort of situational. For him, he needs to get himself into a good position offensively before he sets up the pass, which, um, you know, you can maybe say that for a lot of guys, but I think uh, it's not like I'm going to expect OG to come out here averaging like five, six assists. Boucher is not a guy <laughs> creating for others. And then even Ken Birch. Yeah. Kem might be the second-best passer of that group because we saw him pass a lot in the short mm-hmm. bowl, But that's saying a lot yeah. if Ken Birch is your second-best yeah. passer in the starting lineup. So it's yeah. going to be tough, man. I, hopefully Pascal can get back um, – you know, and, and miss as, as few games as possible. But that sucks. Not having training camp with him. That always sets guys back. And um we'll see what his physical condition is once he returns too. Not that he can't keep his fitness, but I just mean like um it might take him a few games to just get up to speed, which uh it's it's just an unfortunate injury all around, man. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I feel bad for that. well soon, Pasco. Yeah, to get well soon um the more depressing question from this is from danny who asks danny mcleod Mac- Mac- mcleod how do you pronounce m-c-l-e-o-d
2: mcleod 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 i don't know
1: yeah you know what i'm sorry danny it, hopefully it was one of those i really do apologize i really hate mangling people's names anyway he, mcleod
2: uh, that seems
1: stranger it's, the, it's definitely not mcleod <laughs> i know i don't i don't think so either okay Um, They ask, assuming Lowry's gone and Siakam is 100% to start the season, what do you think is a realistic expectation for the Raptors next year? Playoffs, 500. Uh,
2: Yeah, those are um, – I don't – how long is the month really? Like, I think it's a little – it's saying a lot to think that this Pascal Siakam injury really derails the Raptors season, given, I don't know, like if, if you look at the way Pascal Chris Boucher started last season, like how much are you losing? Like Chris Boucher start versus Pascal start. If you had Pascal playing at higher um, at Boucher playing at Pascal's volume, what, what are you losing at, missing out on? But I still, I would still put them in that third top of the third tier in the Eastern Conference. Like, you have the um, Nets, Sixers, Bucks, like, class of their own. And then, I think, assuming, like, Boston and Atlanta have their own kind of tier, I think that like, the Raptors, Knicks, uh, Hornets, etc. can be could be around, the Pacers, could be around there. So, I don't think they fall out of the tier they're in. They may find it harder to be the sixth seed than the seventh seed, but I don't think they're following. I don't think they're really going to fall off. Um, I think the teams are like prepared to move on without Kyle Lowry um, and have been making like have to be thinking that's a real likelihood. And how long's a month without Pascal that it completely reorients the way that you imagine your season schedule? You still have OG, you still have Fred, you still have Chris, Gary, who all I expect all of them to be out there and to be. to to be professionals and understand that the first month of the season is going to require more of them than they might feel comfortable with and get after it.
1: Yeah. For me, I'm a little more pessimistic. I I do think that, like, there is just a big drop-off. I mean, Pascal, you can argue, is the best player on the team. Um, Yeah, he is. And without Kyle as well, that's just going to be a lot to carry. Not that they can't compete, not that they can't be competitive, but uh, that's just... Man, I'm just really worried, man. I just, I don't know. I'm just really. How, worried,
2: but how know? many, how many people do you think are immediately better than them? Like, yes, you take uh, Pascal out for fourteen games, maybe. May I mean,
1: maybe to be honest. Okay, so he got the he got the surgery on the eighth, I believe. I mean, it yeah. said a week prior, so it wasn't really sure. It looked like so he suffered the injury on May eighth. Then he waited a month to get the surgery. Which, by the way, I seen some people nitpicking the fact that they waited a month it's totally normal before arth- arthroscopic uh, surgery to wait, to see, assess what your are. To see what are, happens, yeah. To see if the condition improves. Like, you just don't jump right into surgery. I think, obviously, in yeah. retrospect, if this was the outcome, you would have liked to go back and do that. But that's really not how things work, right? So, um, I mean, I, I, it just makes sense. But anyways, um, assuming it was like June 8th, I mean, you know, if it's full five months, that takes you to like November 8th. Sorry, start of the season is October 19th. It's going to be ring night. There's usually two games on that night and the Raptors will not be playing on opening night. Let me just uh, go ahead and jump out with that prediction. The NBA is not going to look to feature the Raptors
2: know. next year. Wait a second. You're telling me that the number one draft pick is not going to be playing on opening night.
1: Uh, even if the Raptors get Cade Huntingham <laughs> with the number one pick, which would be really nice. They're still not playing opening night um, and they're going to pretend like Toronto doesn't exist. So I'm just going to assume Toronto <laughs> starts the season on October 20th. That's like two weeks you know what I mean? Like between so, maybe even three weeks between the uh, October twentieth and November eighth. So so
2: under you know. ten games he misses.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many games do you play in a week? Like three, three and a half. Yeah,
0: right? so three. Like, you're yeah, missing, like, so worst games.
2: case scenario, yeah, seven to ten games he misses. Yeah, and, and people are saying like, yeah, the Raptors are out of the playoffs. Like we're they're tanking. It's not likely. I just think that to the, the, this team and Nick Nurse's pedigree as a coach has been win, figure it out. You know, next man up. Mm. Yes, that falls apart, and it fell apart this season. Like, the games pile up. They just stop doing it. But are you going to be surprised to see Fred Van Vliet score 36 points on their first night of the season and pull out a gutty win? And we can say the Raptors are, you know, never underestimate the heart of the champion. Alex is tweeting that in Uncut Gems memes. Like, that stuff is – we've become used to seeing this happen. Mm. Yes, Pascal's going to miss under a dozen games to start the season. I don't think it's time to, like, you know – take the under.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, having said that though, like the Raptors would be down pretty bad offensively. And I, and I do really wonder if they could tread water, stay around 500. I'd be pretty happy with that, with that time missed. Yeah. Uh, next question, which I actually was very thought-provoking here from, from Neek, Neek the, at Neek the sneak. Um, what would you look for in a Lowry to the Mavs sign and trade? I've seen Brunson Kleber and a second Love to snag Powell too if we could. Um I you know what that makes some sense <laughs> to me. I, I don't know where this the, the source is specifically coming from, but um, I see a clutch points. Graphic. It's just
2: Stein. It's just Stein. Just like <laughs> uh,
1: speculating. I mean, it would make sense. I, I I think it would make sense. I think the yeah, yeah. need to get um, another playmaker to help Luca out. Yeah. Um, as great as Luca is, I think he could use a number two. And I don't think Kyle Lowry is necessarily still a championship level number two, but um, definitely enough probably to get them out of the first round, which is what they're looking for. And yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for
2: Dallas potentially. Um, in the do you, trade? If, if Kyle Lowry goes to, uh, to the Mavericks, do you mm-hmm. think he gets half of the like, um, congratulations that chris paul did for teaming up with a young and rising superstar and making them look more competent than they have previously because no you know how it
1: is, <laughs> people love chris paul like I, I think i mean first off chris is very good i mean we're, we're seeing him in yeah. these playoffs right he's been ridiculous especially in the fourth quarters yeah. chris paul plus a shot of cortisone is is it's pretty great um that's <laughs> just as a concept um but yeah i mean you know i, I think that It depends too. I mean, to be honest with, with Dallas too, like everyone is very, very eager to crown the next great player and the next great player looks to be Luka Doncic anyway. So they get through, they're going to credit Luka, but I mean, you know, Kyle can probably have a similar effect, which will be, which will be pretty awesome. Plus this Mavs team does need some help. Now the Mavs actually were really anticipating for Giannis and preparing for for Giannis. So their cap space is actually pretty good. They don't necessarily need to do a sign and trade. And, you know, I think the piece that I would be most interested in, I mean, Dwight Powell would be nice, but yeah. he, although he is a little undersized. But um, the, the the best piece there would be Jalen Brunson, which I, I like Jalen Brunson a lot. Um, he's uh, really, I mean, he's, he's somewhere between Fred VanVleet and Malcolm Brogdon in that type of level of a, a, a point guard that has a pretty good floor game, guards pretty decently, um, you know, but primarily will we'll do a lot of driving to the basket and he is very very efficient driving to the basket i know um you know i think people have pointed out fred's thing enough but like jalen brunson is even though he's undersized i think he shots me yeah. like 70 percent at the rim or something like that maybe even better i will to look that up for specifically but he'd be a nice piece i, I really like
2: him uh, I, don't think Cle- I don't think Kleber's for sale like do you see um cuban letting go of a 610 german power forward um
1: yeah see that that part would be pretty tough <laughs> 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 that probably would be pretty tough um i mean you know they gotta upgrade that position anyway they need a bigger wing defender like um whoever yeah. they bring in like i think Kluber is actually not bad as a team player he's i would say a patrick patterson kind of player which i know it sounds that's yeah that's
2: true no that's really good
1: yeah he's he's basically yeah patrick patterson where he's serviceable for sure does a three and d role from an important position but at the same time um, not someone you would rely on for extra production, which by the way, circling back to this, Jalen Brunson shot b- between zero and three feet this season. Jalen Brunson shot 80%. Goodness. That's unbelievable. And oh it's not goodness. an outlier too. I mean, it's outlier and then it's high, but like for his career, he shot 73% from zero to three feet. So he's just a guy who can get to the rim, finish. He's got a little bit of a, a strength game similar to Kyle yeah. and, uh, and Fred actually, but I, I would really like that. To be honest, would they do that? It depends on if they want to re-sign Brunson or not. Brunson is in the third year. No, yeah, he's in the third year of a four-year deal that only paid him six mil. You're going to get his full bird rights, which is nice. Um, and it really depends on what Dallas wants to sign him or not. He's probably going to cost, um, I would say, probably close to $20 million,
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's 25 he's, this year? Yeah. I mean, maybe not full $20 million, but, like, honestly, his he's a pretty good player, and he's probably starting caliber um, very soon. So, you know, I think he will get a pretty decent contract. And so if Dallas decides not to pay him, then, yeah, maybe he gets moved. But if they do like him, and he's probably their second or third most promising player, um, obviously, Luke is clear at number one, um, then they probably won't include him. But, I mean, if they get Kyle, they probably have less need for for
2: Jalen, so... I, it'd be nice to not have Kyle in the Eastern Conference. It'll just be kind of tough to see. Yeah. Just Kyle calling out every play in the Raptors playbook is just going to suck. Oh. I don't like that. I don't like that. Don't That doesn't seem fun to watch. <sighs> yeah. It's just no. calling out whenever Pascal's about to spin. Ugh. If Kyle Lowry moves
1: on, we need to make sure we have Ish Smith for <laughs> the two times a year that we play Kyle, <laughs> just, just for those two games, because I've um, never seen a guy torch Kyle other than Ish Smith. But Ish has uh, definitely done some damage to him. Um, Next question. Also a little bit sad. Wow. Okay. So this is about Masai. You know, obviously he still remains unsigned. Um, You know, again, no real news on this front. Actually, the only news is that, um, so Masai used to be on the uh, board of directors for Canada Basketball. Uh, Canada Basketball named, I believe, three new directors um, to the board this year. Uh, however, Maasai has been shifted to sort of an honorary role, um, that sort of honors his overall legacy to the, to to the program, to be honest, I, I, you know, what, what effect that specifically has, I think people are going to freak out over, over everything. So go ahead and freak out, but, um, not sure that that's that serious of a news, but in any case, that's the only, you know, recent news development on Maasai. Uh, but people are asking questions, you know, including Z, who says, is Messiah waiting for the lottery result? Free agency is a waste of time for the raps. Who should they target in a trade? Let's just go with the, the, the first half of that question. Is Messiah waiting for the lottery result? The lottery is coming up in about two weeks. Is Masai on this
2: continent right now? Um, that's also a good question. <laughs> like, I, I, I have no idea. Like, Masai is clearly moving to the meat of his own drum. I have no idea what he's up to, what he's thinking. I'm not sure that I'm not a hundred percent sure that the lottery result will have much of an influence on yeah. what Masai does. I think that he's set his list of demands in front of the MLSC board and has sort of walked away. And when you're talking about these sort of sums of money, and the not even the sums of money that Masai demands, but the like investments around his next stint. It's probably a lot to think about for the like, I don't know. It sounds like, yeah, Masai's said I, he wants a bunch of stuff. So gotta go figure it out and make an offer that's compelling. That's what I imagined happening. Um, but who knows? This has been I've, i I I did think this would already be over. I kind of thought it would be decided by now, but mm, yeah. do you think we hear before Canada today or when do you have any, any, uh,
1: I, I, any have, I honestly have no idea. The, probably the firmest deadline I would have is probably the draft, which is coming up at the end of July. So that's still a ways away, but at the same time, like, yeah. um, hopefully it's done before then. I mean, listen, I'm sure his demands are there with MLSC. And, and if the reports are true, MLSC is ready to meet them. So it's really just whether Masai wants to say yes or no. I mean, I, to be honest, that's 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 what it looks like from the outside. But what we know from the outside is often not the full picture. So um, we not take that sort of uh, at face value. But yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I would very much like to, uh, to hear Masai PJ say i You know what I mean? P- what's that?
2: P- oh, J I- Tucker is in the tunnel, going on um. That's uh Doesn't look good. oh,
1: I feel bad for him, man.
2: I don't know, I don't know how serious it looks, but he's laying down in the tunnel. Hopefully um, it's okay.
1: This is this yeah, is not I the time know. for my PJ Tucker looks like Geo Dude um take, but he's he's shaped no. exactly like Geo Dude. <laughs> Just like really muscular uh, and like a little bit round.
2: And and yeah, the, the bald head and like big shoulders. Defense and he's first. short. Yeah. 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 Imagine if you look like Golem. Do we have an NBA player who looks like Golem? This uh, game is so sloppy. What is going on?
1: Yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm kind of passively watching this game. Um <laughs> well, like Kevin Durant just slip sliding on the ground. They're trying to run yeah, Blake Griffin, is... Joe Harris, dribble handoffs. Like, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Give the ball. I mean, I mean, whatever, it's the first quarter. Um, yeah, Masai, please stop. That, that's all I'm saying. Masai, please. Also, you know the the, the basketball Africa League is is wrapped now. Um, it's been played, and you know, hopefully uh, Masai's back on the continent. Uh, you know, have they, did they retire J that.
2: Cole's jersey? Or
1: probably not. Uh, do you, who do you think scored more points between J Cole or PJ Tucker this season? I'm, I, I mean, obviously PJ Tucker played. With him, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I, honestly, if, I think J Cole might have scored like seven total points.
2: Um, yeah, he. I mean. It was kind of wild that that whole thing happened. that was, a, that was a, like a an absolutely unbelievable rollout for a great album, but um yep. yeah,
0: but yeah, yeah with
2: Mathai, it just it just it seems like a complete mystery i i don't know I, I like I pay my cell phone bill on time, hoping that Mathai returns to this team and uh. Mm. You know, only then – oh, P.J. Tucker's back. He is – this is an insane game. <laughs> what, what you,
1: what's going on? I mean, you expect it to be. It's game four between two great teams. Like, um, you know.
2: Yeah, Three. P.J. Tucker's back on the sideline just dogging Kevin Durant from the – like the um, – from the table. I, you know,
1: I do respect P.J. Tucker for devoting his entire <laughs> life to, uh, to just – Hounding the very, very best players in the game—it's a thankless job because all you're gonna do is get scored on all the time. The people are gonna make memes about you, but it takes something special like courage to even do that. So salute to a yeah, country. I guess so.
2: Yeah, it is. He has had this insane career in the last half decade, yeah. going to play against elite wings. Yeah, but he never had to. He never did with Giannis, though.
1: Was oh, he on? You know he
2: what? was on the Raptors the year that they played the Bucks. This what I was was going to say. They beat the
1: Bucks in six. Yeah. P- Look. Listen. Even though we want to sign our PJ, PJ was absolutely very good for the Raptors, and we very yeah. we very much wanted to re-sign him. Um, he was very good. Like I don't know what else to say. Like he was the the key adjustment in that series was the Raptors putting PJ Tucker on him and going small, um, which did two things: it took the mark here off off Giannis and it took the mark exactly. here off the floor. <laughs>
2: yeah so i'm glad so, I'm, remember do you remember the Demari carroll game when we were like he scored eight points in the first quarter let's go i think he finished with 11 points
1: that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good honestly yeah that was those were uh, the days that was tough man that was that was very tough um next question is about deandre aiden which i you know i didn't expect to get a question about aiden shout out to aiden he's been playing great from Roland Zolo asks, uh, is there any possibilities for bringing a big like Aiden to the Raptors I mean I'd, I'd love to see it Aiden is quite good uh, yeah he's he so good also the number one pick though that's the thing like it's not I mean you don't just like go get Deandre Aiden I don't know how many Deandre Aidens are actually out there right now um but yes I would very much like a Deandre Aiden character he his his finishing as a as a roller has been really really impressive to me um he seems to sort of have really good balance and touch and obviously chris paul and um and, and devin booker command a lot of attention also that the Suns do a really good job of multiple guys attacking closeouts getting inside and then they, they find the guy a- along the baseline which is very easy to find when he's seven feet tall and quite athletic and has huge hands but when they dump it off to him you know you see a lot of bigs that like fail to finish these like i think like you know Clint Capella is another is, is an example of a guy who I don't feel like, okay, if he dunks it or he gets the layup, then yeah, sure. I'm sure I, I trust that. But um if he's going to have to shoot a little hook shot, a little floater, a push shot, don't know if he has a specific touch. Aiden has that kind of touch. So he's been really, really good. I mean, he's, he's gone multiple games in this playoff shooting like, you know, over 60, 70%. And, uh, and now he's doing a good job guarding Jokic, even though Jokic is having like
2: 30, 20 and 10 games, but. Did You see him uh, that post game. He's like he had twenty rebounds. Oh my god! Yeah, that was terrific. So yeah, I, I'm I am getting into the Suns. It's it was it was tough to see them take advantage of, of a Lakers team who was never able to put it together. Despite having, I still heard about the Anthony Davis thing. I just want to see that guy to be great. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I'm now on board seeing them. They've completely pantsed the Suns. I mean, the Suns don't have any guards shout out Austin Rivers the Nuggets Um, the Nuggets sorry the Suns have all of the guards which is why it's been a layup line yeah it's like did you the uh end of the third quarter beginning of the fourth quarter on Friday night like Chris Paul was just toying with them like he they they made it not even close but you know enough that Chris Paul came back in and then he scored like six straight six point points like three mid-range jumpers right above the free throw line it's I'm very happy for Chris Paul. Aiden's been great. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a player who the Raptors can get like him unless they end up with the second pick and hit. But that's a big, big if.
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's hope the Raptors get the second pick and draft Evan Mobley. I feel like that would be one way for the Raptors to have an Aiden-type player. Um, yeah. He's not as big as Aiden, though. Like Aiden, the thing is, Aiden has yeah. the size and strength, too. To, uh, to, to keep because i think the, the biggest thing with, with bigs is if you have that size of strength you can hold your position a lot better and in the paint people are always pushing it's obviously a different level of physicality in the paint as it is on the perimeter um so you do need as a big you do need that that size to hold your position and and um you know make sure you're not getting pushed out and catching the ball too far out like that's i think that's one thing that like um Wiseman struggles with is like he seems to have a really thin yeah. waist and even though he's very athletic He's gonna get pushed off his spots so often that he's not gonna be able to impact the basket unless he's um, jumping for offensive rebounds or if he's catching lobs and dunking. But um, if there's even an opportunity to bump the roller, I feel like he can get bumped. Which uh, you know, I, th- I think I think Chris Boucher suffers from the same thing too. Um, so, but I mean, it'd be great. And honestly, I think I'm I'm very really happy that the Suns and 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 the the Jazz are doing so well. We'll see what happens with the rest of the series. If Mitchell is obviously hurt, then you know. It's unfortunately going to swing to the Clippers. Uh, it might have done it anyway, but still. Um, but those two teams in particular are teams that, like a lot of other teams, can replicate their building strategies, right? I, I think right now what we're seeing this season, a bit of an outlier, but a variety of team-building approaches um, in how these final teams are, are there. Right? You have one end of the yeah. spectrum, like Philly, like, you know, building through the draft, obviously in the most dramatic way, uh, but they built through the draft – You got Phoenix, which largely built through the draft, right? They drafted Booker, they drafted Aiden, they traded for Chris Paul. Um, But, you know, that's another draft kind of team. Atlanta is another team that kind of built through the draft. Um, You got Trey Young, you got, um, you know, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, before he got hurt, John Collins, those guys were all drafted. Uh, But then you also got teams that kind of like built through the middle, in a way. Like, Denver was a team that built through the middle, never really bottomed out yeah. in the way that you would expect. Of course, they got Jamal Murray fifth overall, but, you know, still, that was, like, the one year they were not good. Every other year, they were at least 500 or better. Um, the Jazz, similar strategy. Um, they got Mitchell 13th. Shout out John Donovan Mitchell getting oh, drafted for Luke Kennard. Do you think, honestly, the Tr- Detroit front office, with, I think, Jeff, or with uh, Stan Magnani at the time, was like, I need Luke Kennard more than I
2: need Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he really did a horrible job in Detroit. But tough, that he man. was kind of he's on the short list of guys who crossed off that as like a team building strategy. Like do not give that, do not give a coach the president job. Yeah. Shout out to Boston. <laughs> Shout out to Boston, man. Um
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, Stan McGunny was doing some wild things with that with that job. I mean, he signed Aaron Baines. Yeah. Uh it was a... He
2: built the wall before Trump, so he had a vision. He had a Jeez. vision.
1: Jeez, that's tough. It's tough. That's tough. Also, someone on my street the street. He's gonna lose his job. He's gonna
2: get fired from uh, New Orleans very, very soon. They don't seem to like him
1: very much, which is uh, not that surprising. People, please hit the Z- car line like, on the street for God's
2: sake. Um, <laughs> Zion, the, have you read any of these Zion reports? What are the Zion? Do you b- believe them that he's unhappy? He just doesn't like but it doesn't seem like i mean look what is there specifically to be happy about
1: with that program yeah
2: i don't know i don't know how much to even put on a guy like gundy because the gundy Mm -hmm. because that organization has been like defined by controversy and dissatisfaction and like they were owned by the league for like it's just been a crazy franchise the last 20 years and i kind of i think they put a lot of their Hopes into find Zion, and he'll make everything better. He's like, he's like an eighteen-year-old kid. Like he, yeah. he can't fix the issues here. I was going to say, they also always, probably a very suspect medical staff. Like I'm starting. I to, was going to say, like, didn't they use the football
1: staff? They used yeah. the Saints staff for yeah. the Pelicans, which yeah. two very different approaches to fitness between yeah. playing football and playing basketball. Can't yeah. just like double dip. Um, also by the way i mean i don't feel like people talk about like moving teams from specific places but like new orleans seems like a team that like could be moved not that i will want new
2: orleans to lose the team it's just like they're poorly managed all the time like yeah feels, you would need bad, somebody man. to buy them and say i care about this like fixing turning this franchise this business around mm-hmm. and i i don't know seems probably not like a horrible idea oh Kyrie. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. I like the energy of recording this podcast on like a Sunday afternoon while there's a big game Yo, going on. I was going to
1: say there's a lot of sports going on right now, man. I, I feel yeah. like we 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 bungled our timing a little bit cuz there's you got the Euros <laughs> going on as well. Let's go. Let's get the Euros 2020 live update even though this is a podcast. Uh, scoreless at halftime, nil-nil between uh, Netherlands and Ukraine. A little bit surprising.
2: I'm supposed, I'm did you watch North Macedonia? I did. I feel Did like, you well. watch the Macedonia game? Look,
1: I, I know, like, look, I, I feel bad because, you know, um, you know, Matt, our, our good friend is, is is Macedonian and, you know, he took a lot of pride and, you know, this is a very important moment for him. Um, I just feel bad because it wasn't really a fair result. I mean, Austria is the better team and they were yeah. very clinical with their chances. Two very, very nice goals. But... Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess all three goals were, were rather nice, but like I thought, Macedonia really competed. They
2: were scrappy. They they, they were they, they were terrific. Just yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Three one is just is tough. I mean, Austria was very clinical, so I'll say that. And and I mean, the one goal that they they that they allowed was was a mistake by the keeper. Um, but shout out Macedonia. Hopefully, uh, they do well in this uh, in this tournament run.
2: Shout out Pandev Goran Pandev. He's like. 38 years old sick name yeah i i uh
1: i hit I, I texted matt um after he scored i said this was a great finish by your dad <laughs> <laughs> there were some similarities but uh, in any case uh more questions about the raptors big man um situation so this one from ben ben chapman who says um uh, could, could be way off in terms of value, but something around the number seven slash eight pick for Miles um, Turner um, feels like a lot of sense from a value perspective for both teams. The fit in terms of need and player is super intriguing to me. So um, I think, first off, if that trade was offered, and the Raptors have cap space, so it doesn't even need to be like a lot of outgoing salary, but um, if that t- trade was offered, Do you think Indiana says no, or do you think Toronto says no? I ultimately don't think a trade like that would happen, but let's say the Raptors, after the lottery, they're at 7 or 8, and Indiana calls them about the pick, and they offer Miles Turner. Is Indiana saying no, or is Toronto saying
2: no? I I don't think the Pacers say yes, because they'd have to do a lot more moving than Miles Turner for that move to make sense. Mm. Like, I don't imagine that they're going to tear it down, or if they do – they have to be getting way more assets and be sending out Levert and Sabonis or uh, Sabonis probably, yeah, like they probably have to scrap, scrap the whole thing, tear it down, bring in picks.
1: Because there is the argument that like part of the reason they don't succeed is because they have the two centers. I don't fully believe in that reasoning, but I don't
2: believe in that. I don't believe in that.
1: First of all, I don't think Indiana's a kid that
2: ever rebuilds.
1: They need to uh, have a competitive team. So they make money. The, the the owner of that yeah, team owns like a a string of strip malls like that's they're gonna
2: need to make money off the Pacers. There's like a, there's yeah there's a real paid, like attention paid to PL and the Pacers. Yeah. Um, no, I don't I don't think the trade I don't think the trade's available. I don't think that it makes it like what timeline does that make put the Pacers on? Because losing like swapping out Turner for a rookie, probably they fall out of the playoffs mm-hmm. and or the like the play in yeah. playoffs hunt. And then what do they do? Like, how do they, what's their path back to being in contention? What is Jalen Suggs going to do for this team?
1: Oh, first off, Jalen Suggs. I, I, listen, if he available at seven or eight, please do not trade that pick for Miles Turner. I really do like yeah, Jalen Suggs. Yeah. I know people are sort of low on him. I just see a guy who really knows how to play. Yeah.
2: I, mean, I, like, I like him, obviously. But, but do you uh, think Suggs, LaVert, Sabonis, Aaron Holiday?
1: the thing is I don't really love anybody in Indiana I mean like I like them but I really love on that team Um, I don't really know where I'm at with Turner because I think sometimes I watch him and I'm really frustrated especially watching the offensive end Um, yeah how would I describe this there's like a you know actually I know exactly there's a there's a Chris Stapps quality about him offensively as a center (laughs) where you just are left wanting a little bit more. The jumpers are cool, yeah. but I'd like my centers to you know play in the paint a little bit more often, finish in the paint, maybe resist, um, let's say mid range jumpers. Um, you know, again, I, Chris Tabs is is very talented as well. I think that's part of the frustration. And 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 you know, I would say model center plays a little bit more in the paint, doesn't take the mid range yeah. shot as much. But I mean, like fifty percent of the shots are threes. And I, obviously, I think part of that is playing with Sabonis, but it's also lots of minutes where he doesn't play with Sabonis and still goes for the threes. Uh, so offensively, it's a little frustrating. Defensively, though, I, I like him a lot. To be honest, like, of course, in, a, in, a, in terms of like his function, it's almost a little bit Brook Lopez-like in that he spaces the floor as a center and then also protects the rim and a drop defense. And he does a really good job of that. He averaged 3.4 blocks per game this season that led the NBA. Well, had really good metrics also in terms of just like impacting percentages. But um the the thing is I just think like offensively he's just not up to par for me man I just something really frustrating about watching him offensively he does shoot the three but he doesn't shoot the three at a very high percentage um doesn't really get free throws either which again I would really like for my center I think his rebounding numbers are low but I also think that like probably that's what that's due to playing with Sabonis. but his rebounding numbers I mean you know there's I don't know. To me, like, obviously, he would be in the rotation. He would start for the Raptors. Absolutely. He's only yeah. 24 years old. He's, he's on a reasonable deal. All that's fine. But to me, I just, I would rather have the pick. I, I think there's just more upside with the pick. And one thing that does concern me, too, is I think even though Turner's only 24, there's room for upside. He's played six seasons, kind of been the same guy. You know, and I'm not going to say I watch the Pacers that closely, but you yeah. see the Pacers all the time. And very rarely do I go into the game really worried about uh Miles Turner he's going to do what he does but you know i don't know hmm. he's a
2: good defender he's a really good defender he's a great defender yeah his three point percentage has dropped on volume in the last three years that's bad <laughs> which is strange
1: i feel like the league has gone the other way instead yeah. but uh <laughs> 35% or 33% this this past season 34% last season like it's
2: you know I'm nine on three on two and a half attempts per game. Yeah, I'm
1: ultimately saying no, especially because he does also take up twenty million in the cap too. So that also is a, is a factor where I feel like I would I, I might want to take my chances to see what that kind of money could potentially do. Maybe not in terms of just free agency, but in terms of like flexibility. But yeah, not not a big fan on this. So I'm going to say no. I
2: I also don't. I think the Pacers want more than the uh, than the because. Turner and Savonis have been for sale like since I was gonna say man, there's a perpetual garage, so they must, like,
1: garage sale sign for them like
2: uh, yeah they have to have a pretty high price you ever like look at like a used motorcycle on Kijiji when you're just feeling like changing the, your personality yeah. and then there's this guy saying yeah you know selling this bike um the price is $4,500 firm don't need uh I, I don't need to sell this bike I have plenty of money I just want to you know uh, Moved move out of my garage to buy my next bike. you know like, yeah, but like, I'm trying to lowball you because I don't think that this bike's worth $4,500. He's like, no, thanks. Don't need to sell it. That's I'm, kind of where I think the Paces are at. Right. They're just like a guy in Kijiji who lifts the same thing he has every six weeks, um, looking for a very specific return on it. Yeah. Pacers are cutting
1: are starting to approach Orlando Magic territory for me. <laughs> it's a bunch this, of guys.
2: Yeah, I'm like, eh, I'm on a lot of those guys. And so why ha- is that so like Terry Stotts, do you think he's waiting on the Bucks job? Like what is he? I don't know. Man. Like one are these when are these guys gonna start taking when are these guys gonna start taking jobs? Because Orlando Magic is definitely they have to put out an offer because they know they have the Worst job, Orlando's pretty close to be, it's, it's pretty bad, it, it, it's yeah. pretty bad. That, so, they have joke. the worst job opening. Um, who else yeah. has been fired already? Um, Nate is keeping his job. Shout out, um, Blazer's job is opening. Indiana, Blazer's job is not bad.
1: It's not, it's not bad in the sense that right now it's not bad, but if Dame loses one more time and demands a trade, that, that job's gonna go from like okay to being very bad very soon.
2: But it, do you think Dan, do you
1: think do you believe that D'Antoni rumors about the Blazers draw? Uh, I could see why the Blazers would be interested in D'Antoni. I think D'Antoni would probably have a nice. I mean, to be honest, Mike D'Antoni is a very good
2: coach. He should be employed. He's terrific. Yeah, I think he just wanted a championship so that he could. Finally. And then he would just dine on the meals like, come on, you know. I was his coach, taught him everything. he knows, yada yada. yada. Hmm. I think that's going to be like what I think that's what uh, Mike's plan is. But I think he makes a lot of sense for. Because it doesn't seem like that team is is. I think what that team should do is what Atlanta did, and just right. surround their elite point guard with lots of offense. Because they can't seem to find anybody.
1: But they've been doing that though. That's the thing with, 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 with Portland.
2: But they keep doing, doing like,
1: like, yeah. Like the thing about yeah. how many offense only guys do they have? They they have Dame, who is an offense only guy. CJ, who's yeah. an offense only guy. They traded yeah. for Norm, which. They were like, look at Norm, <laughs> defensive
2: stopper. And I'm like, relative
1: th- to you guys, yes, but also not a defensive stopper. At,
2: at You know, not yeah. even,
1: yeah,
2: you know, not the. They keep them, playing Enos Kanter with a straight face in the playoffs. Enos Kanter, Carmelo Anthony, right? <laughs> like,
1: Yusuf Nurkic has a very difficult job. Not only is he guarding yeah. uh, Jokic, but no Jokic- one else on the team Jokic is every guarding, year. period. Like, look at how many, Austin Rivers had like a 30-point game? Like, come on, man. <laughs> come on man so yeah no they, they gotta get serious i mean robert covington too like it's yeah i don't know portland's portland can get really really bad really really quickly if uh if dame ever decided to to,
2: to dip which do you uh, think dame moves, or do you think he's just uh he's this this gimmick i don't know it's just so sad i feel bad for dame
1: I feel bad for Dave. I also think that like, like, for example, they could potentially trade CJ and maybe some CJ had a bit of a down year well, up and down year, I would say, but it uh, wasn't that impressive to me in the playoffs. Like if they, tr- if they decided finally to move CJ, like I don't think they'll actually get a player better than CJ. They'll probably split like a dollar into like four quarters or something like that. And that's not really how to go. I mean, I'm not really sure what to do with that, with that, with the whole group to be honest, but uh, yeah. I probably would not go to Portland. Despite the fact that Portland's a nice city, you know, really, uh, it has, it has vibes, although I, I don't know if I want to live there. But in any case, uh, next question we got a question about Blake Griffin, who I'm currently watching getting torched by Giannis right now in front of my, in front of my phone. Um, from JDG 47, do you think Nate Bjorkman will be back as a Raptors coach next season? I would say 50 50. Probably des- depends on if Nate wants to, but I think Nick will leave the, the seat open for Nate. Um, they've just been very close. Um, but number is Nate was, on the Team Canada stuff? If- uh, nick so nick mentioned it and then in the team canada press uh, availability the first one that they did after they announced the training camp roster i did ask about the coaching staff nick said they're gonna have an announcement very shortly about it so you know he didn't want to spoil the surprise i guess but uh, there has not been an official announcement yet and it's been over a week so um uh, i'm not sure what the holdup is there in any case um yeah, I think if Nate wants to come back, he should come back. hes I think he's a really quality assistant. Like, I really – I mean, like, it's hard to know specifically, and I obviously understand that, like, the reports were very, very unflattering towards him. But, um, I mean, it seemed like most of the Raptors worked really well with Nate. They really got gelled with his personality. He's a very confident – uh, and positive guy, which is not surprising. A lot of coaches are really big on positivity or whatever. Um, wow. Is that really Pat Connaughton to make a huge difference in this game? That's tough. It's <laughs> like his athleticism is really making a difference here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Nate is just the guy who's he's cool, man. I mean, I remember I, I interviewed Fred for like a and one event or whatever. And yeah. I, we were, we were drafting, uh, drafting teams, a three on three team and we drafting coaches and he had the first pick, and he drafted Nate Bjorken over Nick. So, you know, I think he obviously clearly likes Nate. He's publicly supported Nate as well. So uh, I think and if, he's if, publicly and worn do a lot. So
2: make it make sense. I was going to say, what, what was that report, man? <laughs> well, also, you guys got to spell do correctly in the press. I do not know what your style guide says. Wait, but hold on. How do they spell it? D-O-O or D-O what? hyphen R-A-G. Which I've always spelled it D-U-R-A-G and everywhere I've, you know, seen it spelled. But here's a, you know, different strokes, different folks.
1: Um, How is it spelled? You know, the one that has um, Meta World Peace um, styling it? It's like in every convenience store. If you drive like outside the
2: downtown core, you know what I'm talking about? You know what Yeah, saying, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's D-U-R-A-G. I'm pretty sure it's D-U-R-A-G. Oh, Giannis with the amazing finish over with, over KD.
1: Well, Milwaukee's really responding here, man. I'm uh I'm annoyed. But at the same time, am I surprised? No, I thought the series was gonna go seven anyway, and uh it's looking that way. So um I'm excited to be honest, because this series I needed the series to go long. Um, but anyway, the question is from J D G uh Is Blake Griffin worth pursuing as a free agent given Pascal's injury? No no so you're just saying no huh i'm not gonna lie to you it's good as, i mean even though blake griffin's playing well in this in this situation i just don't see him as very good like period one thing i yeah. know yeah. blake is he feels like he has really short arms i, I don't know man <laughs> but um
2: i mean you gotta ask uh what's his face what's the name of the um clippers assistant who found out just exactly just how much reach blake griffin has oh that's <laughs> right. God, he I, snuffed out a dude. <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot. Wow.
1: That was at like, it was that in Toronto too. That was yeah. Like, was that Soda, like, Soto Soto.
2: Soto yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Is Kyrie hurt? Oh, please don't say Kyrie's hurt, man. What the hell is this? <sighs> Turn injury. Oh, off, no. Enough oh, of my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. Please, please, please say he's okay. Please. Is he still down?
2: Yeah, he's still down. Oh. This is not good. Oh, God. Looks like a high ankle sprain. Actually, I don't know. Non con no contact. Oh, he landed on Giannis's foot. Oh god.
1: That's tough. That's really tough.
2: Man, this is not good. Ah
1: man, I feel for Kyrie.
2: I really feel for Kyrie. I really have really grown to like Kyrie this year. Um yeah, but Blake Griffin, I just don't know what he ha- what what like what is he going to do for a team over the course of a regular season where he has to log lots of minutes and be a real contributor. I just I don't know. I don't know. I the 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 thing the like uh, Kaiser Sose joke about Blake Griffin um, turning back the hand of time and looking really bouncy is not does not bode well for his free agency prospects because you've now proven that you're a guy who's willing to dog it Um, and that kind of puts a limit on how much a team should want to invest in you because if they're going to pay you real minutes they want you know real effort throughout the regular season to win games because they count too and yeah well I'm happy that uh, Blake Griffin stands a really good chance of winning a title and um, he made the sacrifices necessary to make that happen it's just like why would I why would you pay for this guy for this man yeah
1: i also think he's in a kind of a ring chasing stage of his career like you know these these players like blake just had like three max contracts two max contracts
2: yeah but he's also like like 31 like he's not old he's not he's well
1: yeah he's not old but like when you watch him play he looks old yeah he plays old he plays an old man game now i mean it's not like the same Blake Griffin isn't effective, or they wouldn't fit on the Raptors. I just think that he's at a stage where he's probably going to bounce from like contender to contender and stuff like that. And oh, okay, so Kyrie's walking on his own, so that's good. But damn, I really hope he's okay. Um, next question comes from just just Le, just L E. Okay, um, who is your favorite ex-Raptor still in the playoffs? So I was actually thinking about this the other day, um, and. How many actual X rappers are still in the playoffs, man? Clippers and Danny,
2: right? PJ Tucker, I guess.
1: So yeah, like, but it's not many. So it's it's PJ Tucker, Danny, as you mentioned. Although Danny's hurt, hopefully Danny's okay. Um, yeah, so he's gonna miss a few weeks. Um, Matt Thomas still available
2: with Utah. Matt Thomas is still that's true. And then T V, but he's available.
1: Yeah, and is out too, so he's he's done. Um, it's tough, man. Out of the championship Raptors, uh, it's
2: just Kawhi st- left I'm in the still, playoffs. I'm cheering for Kawhi. It's been cool to see, like yesterday night, like Kawhi was awesome. It was, was it's, so good. it's it's whenever, whenever the Clippers win and Kawhi plays well, I'm very happy to see it. But when they struggle and, and Kawhi and Paul played bad, I also enjoy to see it. So it's right. you know there's I can't lose because if Paul George scored forty and the Clippers win, I wouldn't be that excited. Mm-hmm. But seeing Kawhi just, you know, like what he did in a Game 7 last Sunday against the Mavericks where he took over in the third quarter, that was like just right. what's not to love about seeing that happen.
1: Um, by the way, uh, uh, one more – yeah, you're absolutely right. Honestly, I, I think it, it's been really fun to – it's hard to root against Kawhi's failure, right? Be- it's-, it's because it's just like he's gonna win like almost all the time, so <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be disappointed. But I also like feel no like ill will towards him. Like all he did was come here and-, and fulfill his contract at the very best of his abilities and won the Raptors a championship. Like, well, not he didn't single handedly win the Raptors championship. Want to be very clear on that, but like clearly it was the he most played championship
2: piece. basketball for the Raptors? Yeah.
1: So I, I have no, I- literally, it's always love towards Kawhi. Like, he's you know he's a yeah. He's a legend, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I just wish he wasn't on the Clippers, but in any case, uh, it's tough. My favorite ex-Raptor and still left in the playoffs. I guess Lou Williams is still left in the playoffs with Atlanta. That's true. Um, Patrick Patterson is still left in the playoffs with the Clippers, but um, <sighs> yeah, it's gotta be Kawhi, man. It's, it's not even yeah. close. Yeah, he's definitely the, f- the favorite X Raptor still up in the Um
2: Still looking PJ forward to the PJ Mets. Tucker's probably second though, because PJ Tucker's been just tremendous content mm. fighting security guards. It's been um, it's been terrific.
1: That's the thing is, PJ Tucker's also <laughs> shaped like a bouncer too. So like, he would also be a guy who would, in an alternate universe, be the security guard. But um, yeah. By the way, my favorite thing about PJ Tucker is just at some at some point, the referees from a game to game basis will be like. We're gonna call actual fouls on you, and other times he's just gonna be allowed to foul on every single play. That was one of the things <laughs> I really enjoyed about PJ Tucker was he's so aggressive, so in your face, so like persistent and pesky that he's committing fouls every single play. Like the way yeah. he's touching up KD is 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 honestly not COVID safe. Like it's 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 disgusting. But I mean, that's how the refs play it because that's how PJ's gonna play every single game. So unless you are gonna foul him out every single time, you are just they're, you know he's just gonna be a guy who's gonna. Um, be allowed to a uh, hack, which you
2: know. I guess he's he just melting said, down, so.
1: eh? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can understand what kid he's melting down, man. Like PJ Tucker's fouling him every single time, but but Blake, but yeah. Kevin Durant tries to like get post position, and he's clap oh. with the foul. Like it's stupid to me. It really is stupid. <laughs> PJ with the three on the other end. This is amazing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, this is, this is, uh, this is next great. Question? This series is really great. The next question from the Matthew T who says, do you expect any of the Raptors nine or five players to get a training camp invite and possibly a two-way deal? Um, I'm going to quickly say no. Uh, first off, the nine or five only had a very short season and also a lot of those guys did get a chance to come up and play. So uh, whether that's um Alize Johnson who yeah. signed a contract with the Nets, whether that's uh, Gary Payton, uh, Gillespie. the second, who uh got a chance to, um, Played with the Warriors. Gillespie wasn't with the nine hundred five. He was with uh, Memphis. Oh, you're right. You're right.
2: You're right. You're
1: right you're Henry right. Ellenson was with the nine hundred five. He got a chance to play with the Raptors this year, very briefly. Um, who else? Matt Morgan honesty,
2: didn't.
1: Yeah, the other guys are kind of like not really guys you would specifically yeah. call up. Um, Nick Stauskas, honestly, was pretty good, and I really did enjoy him. But um, and I think he could play in the NBA as he has before. But he's older, and maybe teams don't take the same shot on him. But um, yeah, that's uh, I probably not to be honest. And uh, if the nine had more time to acquire more players, then maybe, but we'll see. It's hard to imagine how many guys will come back from last season. But um, for now, I think the answer is no. Uh, two more questions, before to wrap up the podcast, none of them about basketball. Um, uh, by the way, thanks for sending in questions. I'm actually going to do a written column as well. So a lot of these questions, I'm actually. The ones that we didn't get to in the podcast, I'm gonna to get to them in a written format. So look for that as well. But um the last two questions are both about food, oddly enough. The first one oh. comes from our guy Sahal who asks, I think I've asked this a couple years ago, but what are both of your go to Haka restaurant orders? Um
2: like chili chicken is like the 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 goat Yeah, you can't um, you can't
1: really not order chili chicken. Like it's what are you doing?
2: Yeah trying to think of like like chili chicken fried rice like what else? I'm trying to think of what else do I really check for mm-hmm. Um, some if a place has pepper shrimp on the menu I'll give it a shot yeah yeah. Um, and then like you know the vegetarian balls you can find at lots of hot places with the Manchurian sauce veggie that's good my partner is a vegetarian so Absolutely. I get like veggie balls with Manchurian sauce a lot but like we've talked about, Hakka food is just the some of the best stuff you can get in the city. Yeah, um, I've never had Hawker food anywhere else than in Toronto. Well, well, I would be. It's kind I'll of be surprised surprise. to find it elsewhere.
1: I don't know how many other places you'll find as many Indian people and, and Chinese people at the same place. Like outside yeah. of like the border <laughs> in between India and China, like. <laughs> um, Mississauga probably is the closest one. Um, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, holes are great great calls. I prefer chili fish over chili chicken, but it's really, I mean, it's the same stuff, really. Uh, veggie is yeah. obviously, 100%. Um, and this is not even a specific Hakka dish, but I really do love sweet corn soup, which has, um, it's, it's one of those thicker soups that you often have with like Chinese-inspired food where it, it has a lot of corn starch to sort of give it more body and texture. But um, yeah, I love a sweet corn soup, especially with a little bit of, uh, with with definitely an egg dropped in there, but um, probably also a bit of meat as well. So it's a it's a very nice dish. Um, and the last question, which is also about food, from Noel, um, you are in charge of the first restaurant brand sponsorship with the Raptors. Finally back in Big Bank Arena, <laughs> which restaurant franchise do you choose? What meal is involved? And what statistical achievement do the Raptors have to accomplish? for fans to get this deal. So essentially he's describing the pizza pizza promotion, which used to be yeah. if the Raptors score hundred points, no, no mention of winning. Okay. That's how, that's how, that's how bad. That's when the franchise.
2: spread zone goes crazy. That's, that's when um the, the
1: cost of the food is less than the cost of the ticket. That was a dark time in Raptor history. Let me just say that part. <laughs> why, why is Mike James throwing lobs to Blake Griffin in a playoff game? <laughs> what are you doing, bro? Yo, it's a playoff game. Why are you throwing lobs? What well, this guy was Lob City, my goodness! And now he's going to foul PJ Tucker. Guy, what are you doing, bro? What are you? That's a that's a bonehead of play. Take this game seriously, man. This ain't Jessica Moscow. Like, please. All right. Anyway, um, yeah,
2: you're,
1: you're either describing the pizza, pizza thing, or yeah, yeah, or the Popeyes or McDonald's or whatever. So. Do
2: you remember the Popeyes bargain? That was a massive mistake. I remember going to Popeyes for remember they did three chicken tenders for like yeah. everyone in Toronto. Yeah. I remember going to the Popeyes next to my workplace and I said like oh, what's it been like and the guy was just like it's this is this was a bad, this was a mistake. Mm. There's so many people here. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was like did they like how did how did they have that many tenders? Was there a rounding <laughs> error on the like did they like add a zero to their their uh... purchase order and they're like yeah, we ordered a, uh, we ordered 65,000 chicken tenders. Yeah. S- we got them, you got to use them up. It was, it was like absolutely insane.
1: Um, by the way, before we even answer this question, like what, what was the best promotion between the, the 12 threes for, for for McDonald's fries? Um, I think it was just the 12 threes for Popeyes as well, the three chicken strips, and then yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, yeah, but then and, it never came back.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, clearly they realized they were giving away way too much food. And then also um, the the
2: pizza pizza promotion. I would say pizza pizza was num- definitely number three. Um, yeah. yeah. And it became like too un- uninspired. That Popeyes day, I do think it's like a it's like a Canadian heritage moment. Like I'll never forget was going crazy. to a pop to that Popeyes, and it was just madness. Like yeah. everyone in Toronto had yeah. three chicken tenders that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was so bad what a horror what a massive accident i mean Uh, do you think somebody got fired you popeyes uh definitely thank you thank you Sponsor this show or order popeyes on DoorDash. absolutely
1: do all that um but what i was gonna say was like it it was also an act of public good man listen we all deserved it (laughs) we deserved it but (laughs) they should do when the game they they miss when when the games come
2: back they should bring it back
1: they they should. They should absolutely bring it back, although they won't. But um they just misread modern basketball. Like everyone was gonna shoot 40 threes a game. So like people are gonna make 12 threes like every game. Very rarely you're gonna get teams not hitting 12 threes. So it was a, that was a tough one. Um, but anyway, to, to Noel's question, which restaurant brand are we are we going with uh sponsoring in in, in, in Scotia Bank Arena? To be honest, they gotta lean into the Osmos thing a little bit more. Look, it's it, it would be a big deal for Osmo to get um, sponsored by the Raptors, they're they're starting to obviously become a chain and everything like that and a franchise, but at the same time, yeah. like, you know, that it is still not nearly as big as like McDonald's or even Popeye's, for example, but um would love to see if they got uh Osmos for the whole arena. That'd be cool. The, the only issue with Osmos is that you probably can't eat it as well in the arena. Like it's probably a little messy to have like a Schwarmer plate, like yeah. in the arena, but
2: chicken on the rocks in the 300s
1: yeah see that's what i'm saying someone someone in the 100s is just getting rice rained on them the whole time <laughs> Oh man. you like look up you're like oh man i just got hit by garlic sauce like that's that's tough yeah and you know like the, 100, the 100 level is like at least like you know 200 bucks to get in essentially now so like yeah you know, these people aren't trying to get it covered in uh in tahini <laughs> But anyway, that's my pick. I, 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 want a, I want an Osmos thing. And I want it built around players, too. Like, I know these don't usually happen, but I would love to see it built around yeah. a player. Um, I was like, think, like the one still thinking... Like, here, of. like, take a charge or yeah. something. But, yeah, anyway.
2: I'm thinking, of like, if Chris Boucher blocks a three-pointer, you, you go to Mary Browns and get... I don't know. I've never been to Mary Browns. I don't know where they are. I'm not 100% sure they exist. So the, I like the combination of you know there's already a partnership there he did ads for them earlier this year and i would be it would give me an opportunity to find the nearest mary browns to me which mm. could not exist i've never seen one in my entire life um this is uh, <laughs> this is wow this is like or is or uh, maybe they do this like every time like i don't know the raptors do something you mm-hmm. convert a heritage building in the city of toronto to an a&w because that's oh, like like, what
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah shout out a&w i actually would love an a&w promotion with the raptors too like you get a yeah you'd be able, like everyone would be able to
2: fulfill it because yeah there are a everywhere how did that happen did a like no how did they how did they fund this massive
1: growth yeah, we need an oral history on how AW really took over the city because there's so many AWs, but also salute AW though. Like, because first off, get the coupon and get the just get their online coupons. Like, it becomes um, cheaper than probably the uh, most other fast food options, but it's probably yeah. the best one in, in the city at least. Um, but okay, so I Mary A- the AW's breakfast is great. The cheese and egg, I've never had that one. It's good cheese and eggs but uh, the, the 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 matzo burger was pretty good um the mama burger is also pretty good anyway i, I looked up mary brown's chicken and i'm seeing a google maps spread of this yeah. and there's not a single one in the downtown core
2: okay at least that makes sense because i've never seen one and i hear about it all the time and i ask myself do, do these places exist yeah the closest
1: one is uh between chester and pape on danforth oh really uh, Yes, that's the closest one to downtown. But if you scroll out, the funny thing is they actually do have a lot of Mary Brown's chickens locations, but they're all outside of the downtown core. So like, there's like five of them in Brampton. There's three of them in Mississauga. There's one uh, by 401 and, and Black Creek. There's a few. There's like one in almost Newmarket. No, I guess that's that's yeah. more. This is more like Richmond Hill adjacent. There's two in Vaughan. There's three in Scarborough or four in Scarborough, and there's uh I think even as far out as Ajax there's one. So there's, this there's three is three in Ajax. This is,
2: qual- this so. is quality podcasting uh, content. Like this is. <laughs> I was this gonna is say, why did I Mary Brown
1: sponsor this podcast? I don't I don't know. But <laughs> We're just talking we about well, the
2: locations of a to me not well known regional fried chicken place. Mm. I this is this is delightful to me. Who is Mary Brown? Does she exist? How did she get so involved with with the Ted Rogers and MLSC corporations? Because like Mary Brown sponsors all over the sports now. Like who what is Mary Brown? Is a Mary Brown or was this sort of like a like a corporate food brand that they made up? And they said, who, who, who could we, you know, who would we be, Like, what's a name we'd believe to buy fried chicken sandwiches from?
1: Okay. So, okay, so I'm actually looking into the history of this. Wow, this podcast has really just become <laughs> a history of Mary Brown's. So, I'm on the Wikipedia page on the history section it says Mary Brown is the creator of the chain's proprietary chicken recipe for Southern Chicken. Brown's recipe was sold to the founders of the brand Pat and Cyril Fleming who bought the recipe brought the recipe to Newfoundland to open business in 1969. So, you're telling me a fried chicken joint based on southern fried chicken is coming out of Newfoundland. <laughs>
2: Who's so wait, Mary Brown is a, an American? Um or a, a this Newfoundland style fried chicken. This, Mary no. Brown's chicken and taters. Yeah. This
1: is Dog. This is so Mary Brown's the person who came up with the recipe, but and then, so they named the restaurant after them, which is good, but this is okay. essentially Newfoundland fried chicken that's now sold all over Toronto, Canada. That's and not spes- specifically market. not in the downtown core of Toronto, which you would expect to find. You know, at least one of their of their chains. But when was when was
2: it founded? 1969
1: in Nineteen sixty
2: nine in Fortune, nice. Newfoundland. Nice. Yeah, so this per- place isn't real, though. You have like just it's just not real. It's this is. Alright, when the call shows back yeah. We need to get the CEO Of Mary Brown's, Gregory Roberts To call in, convince us that this restaurant Is actually this They, gotta, it send in a us, segment they of- gotta
1: send us whatever was on that dollar menu on, like, That Chris Boucher Was trying to yeah. sell
2: with, with Matt Devlin um, They have a place in Yellowknife? This is crazy That's if what you I'm ever saying. Been like, to, what? If you've ever been to Mary Brown, right in next week Give us a give us, let, us, um, let, let us know, was, was it let good? Let us know how it went <laughs> Um. Yeah. Wow. This is uh, truly I mean, Canadian. This is, who who wants truly Canadian fried chicken? This is a fascinating. How, how brand. did fried chicken from Newfoundland take over all of Canada? That's that's <laughs> unbelievable.
1: I didn't think they ate anything other than fish and chips in Newfoundland.
2: Yeah, I don't know, know.
1: Unbelievable. So, well, that's uh, that's that's what you get in the off season. This is what you get in the off season.
2: We should do a uh, different, you know, Canadian corporate food history each week. Next week we'll do a, not whatever, take a whatever long happened. Time. Whatever happened to Booster Juice? <laughs> or oh, even yeah, Mr. They, Sub.
1: They had, they had, well, they had Jose Bautista as their uh, yeah. Booster Juice. That he he, had, he was the booster, so to speak. But um, yeah, Mr. Sub, Canadian corporate food. Success, Success story. story. What's your favorite Mr. Sub
2: uh,
1: order? I haven't had Mr. Sub whatever, since for like like ten years.
2: There's something like I can I know in my soul what their like cheese tastes like. Their cheese or their sub sauce. That combination mm. of flavors lives in my brain. Yeah. Ever since I don't know what it is. I do like the way that like it's it's very important for these subs
1: to have a really good like shredded. Lettuce feel and it, it, they shred their lettuce so thin. I feel like I really enjoy that. Yeah. But also, I literally haven't had Mister Sub in like ten years, man. Be this... where they go? Mary Brown's, Mary Brown's Mister Sub. Maybe they're. Uh, that's what they're I'm saying. Married. How many Mister Subs are in Toronto still? Like, there's, there's like, I think one in Etobicoke. I know there was one outside of McMaster, they're... but that's probably the only Mister Subs I can name at this point.
2: I feel like every Mister Sub is operated by an Aramark inside of a university cafeteria. <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, Mrs. Sums are pretty ubiquitous in in specific like mall cafeterias. But let's search Mr. Sums Toronto. Wow, this is is really Mr. Podcast,
2: a Canadian brand.
1: Um, that's very good to, to,
2: <laughs> to ask. Let's let's see. Mr. I think we should do this Brick. each week. We talk about Canadian. Like next week, let's find like maybe I'm gonna make a, a few phone calls. See if I can find out the lawyers who work on A real estate holdings. Because that's, okay. that's, like, that's one of the, the premier stories that's going on in Canada. Nobody's talking about it. How did A&W acquire every heritage building coast to coast? They're going to turn 22 Sussex or 24 yes. Sussex into an A&W. That's what's going to happen. And the Mita Wee brothers are going to be behind it. There
1: are, <laughs> there are, oh, God. <laughs> oh, shout out me to weed, man! They really had a lot of people on this side. The
2: Kilburgers are behind AW's acquisition of real estate. I was to um, say all well, over Canada.
1: The only <laughs> things left in Toronto are are various weed dispensaries, um and W's,
2: and bubble tea shops.
1: Not even, man. I mean, no, nah, there's I, mad bubble tea. There's okay, mad that's because you live locations. in the, that's because you live in the Annex, bro. There's <laughs> oh, definitely lots of, a, of bubble tea there, but. um and shoppers, that's it. Those are the only things yeah, and, and condos, obviously, but that's that's it. Yeah. That's 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 Toronto culture is uh,
2: <laughs> But I think the A and W things are everywhere. Like I've they're everywhere, just drive yeah, down absolutely. they're everywhere. Yeah. The Kilburgers and you're right, they're are always behind. in
1: historic buildings, like it's yeah.
2: Yeah. Mr. I don't know Greek. if I can get slandered, so I'm just saying that that's just jokes. Yeah. But I wanna know if the Kilburgers are involved in A and W's acquisition of buildings all over the country. Let's have a, a, a like what the ethics commission let's and, and we got to figure out get to the bottom of who but who is behind a root beer empire by the way
1: <laughs> i don't even like it i don't even like root beer like is root beer good for people like, <laughs> like root beer. It, it tastes kind of like like mouthwash fact that i just i never understood why it was the, the go-to drink for a lot of people and then they build a whole identity around it by the way,
2: so AW is not even Canadian,
1: they're they're American.
2: Really? Yeah. Well, we need to we need to put a stop to their this is imperialism. I, I mean, I don't know if this, this is, is imperialism, Im- but,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, is it not? Generally, it I'm opposed to like imperialism. imperialism.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little imperialistic if you ask me. How did AW acquire, you know, the yeah. the uh, Chateau Laurier? It's an AW now. You didn't loan. It's not. Chateau Laurier is not a AW yet. Wait, what? There's an AW Canada? There's an AW at the top of Mount Royal in Montreal. Um That's other places. <laughs> there is an AW W like um the Banff Springs Hotel. A W. Um Lake Louise at the bottom of Lake Louise, there's an AW. So apparently there is <laughs> also an AW, just Canadian A&W. Okay. That feels a little bit better. But I don't understand. Um, I don't know. They use all they use Canadian raised beef without antibiotics. And yeah, who is that guy, by the way? He hasn't <laughs> aged. Who he's, is that man? He's just been middle aged, aged for like
1: as long as I've known him and I've seen him commercials yeah, it's true. for like 20 years. It's that guy's
2: still just walking up to random people on the street and being like, yo, here's a free burger that's well that's got to be our summer project on this podcast We six part series getting to the bottom of A&W in Canada. We just we answer all these questions that we have.
1: Yeah, so A&W in Canada posts a it's posted a revenue of
2: 1.34 billion in 2020. It's insane. Um they sell $2 hamburgers. How where is we need I'm to saying. get to the bottom of it.
1: By the way, I've never paid full price for an AW w
2: burger. I've, I've all, they I've got, all the, got the when cost. just yeah, We got to figure case. it out. A um, and W, we have to figure out that I, I um, Mac. I know that you're, uh, you know, working on things now. We are doing, you know, ten part investigative journalism piece about A and W in Canada.
1: Hmm.
2: <laughs> Thanks for the question about what who should do the um, uh, the food promotion for the Raptors next season. This is yeah, this is
1: unbelievable. Um, <laughs> a- AW first, the first Canadian AW opened in Winnipeg, so we're literally dominated by food coming from Winnipeg and Newfoundland. This is or the US, this is unbelievable. Does Toronto have food? Well, Does, what is a what's a quintessentially Toronto dish? Because I think I, that's what I was saying. Well, I mean, but yeah. obviously, that's borrowed, but like, but like, yeah, the number one food in, in Toronto is definitely like Jamaican food or various Caribbean food
2: yeah so i feel like there's something very toronto about the like rice and peas oxtail gravy jerk chicken plate with like the little like insanely mayonnaise um oh, yeah. cup of have... coleslaw yeah that stuff is that there is no replacing that <laughs>
1: yeah you're, you're absolutely there is right.
2: that is I, you know what yeah. now, now you just said it
1: now i have a craving for it this, like, that's what i'm saying it's yeah like, they, they sprinkled some uh, something in there but it's definitely good yeah um yeah, that's the thing actually, because um, the, the MLB came out with like h- um, themed hats for every city and stuff, and for yeah. and so the hats had like some local spots and, and like little patches that they, obviously they had the, the logo in the front, but they got patches on the side. They got like local favorites and like different flags and like some history on it. But they also had like food from each favorite, like I- iconic food from each specific franchise. And for the, the for Toronto for the, for the Blue Jays, they put like, a, I think poutine on there, which. Is definitely not the sense. case. I don't even know where you would That's get routine in Toronto. I'm sure there exists because we're in Canada. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure. But like, but it's the, like, like iconic the foods one. of
2: Toronto are like subway station patties. Yep, yeah.
1: number one, absolutely. Um, yeah, because they serve the same patties in like, like like if you're if you attended the TDSB, uh, the TDCSB or whatever the the um, the Catholic yep. version, like. I, you would, you have definitely, you know, purchased a patty for sixty cents, or whatever also, inflation has like, that
2: to now. Samosas and sambusa, samosas like, those too. are iconic yeah. Toronto foods. Um But poutine—no disrespect to French Can- Canadians, but it's French Canadian iconic. I was going to say not that's, that's not a Toronto
1: That's not a Toronto thing. Like, they just, isn't. yeah,
2: no, yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, Most, it should have been many questions been to be answered depending. about food. We
2: should maybe we, make are this... getting, we are getting to the bottom of Mary Brown. Who is Mary Brown? Call in if you're still with us. Um, I mean, and they're probably gone. Yeah, was, yeah that was uh, what 60 years ago they founded the restaurant. Yeah, um, 50 years ago you founded the restaurant. Um, but also, A&W, we need to get to the bottom of where did all a and come from? Mm. What do they want from us? um why are you targeting historic buildings just like the first canada post is now an (laughs) aw what (laughs) yo seriously though like big like the bank at like uh
1: uh, Christie and um and dupont like i think that was a nice little bank that was there now that's gone that's an aw i don't know man. all right well josh (laughs) clearly we filled our quota here so i appreciate you um anything you want to
2: leave off on um, if you're eligible to get a, your vaccine, go out and get it. Yep. Second shots are available. Um, I'm going to be looking into that soon. Um, you know, enjoy the summer. Um, think long and hard about what we do on Canada Day. I think it'll be an interesting time this year and uh, to reflect and to think about the nature of our Absolutely. nation yeah. and the work that still is yet to be done. But I hope you guys are all doing well. I think we'll do a call-in show closer to the draft and the lottery, and I'm excited to hear through from you all again and yeah if you have any leads on AW's history in canada of oh. real estate acquisition please my dms are open i'm very interested in learning more
1: <laughs> or if or if you've ever been to a mary Browns, also reach out and let us know
2: yeah if you've ever been to a mary Brands, I'm not fully convinced have, of its existence
1: know. Uh, you know because <laughs> even though chris boucher like was held hostage and hit a three and, and matt devlin says he won't go home hungry tonight which is wild to say man <laughs> a wild thing to say why would an nba player go home hungry yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so thanks for <laughs> listening. Appreciate it. If you stuck around at this point of the podcast, you got a real problem, but we, uh, we, we also appreciate <laughs> you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to answer more questions. Peace.